Hey hockey moms, welcome back to another episode of the Blue Line Hockey Club. Episode 10, special thanks from Lars Thompson, MD at CPH Hospital in Canton, New York. Lars did my vasectomy today and I am currently sitting on a bag of peas icing down my nuts and uh, couldn't have had a better doctor for this. Lars was a great guy, also huge hockey fan uh, from Ottawa. Likes the Senators, both daughters currently dating Ottawa Senator players, Cody CC and Mark Stone. So we'd like to give a big shout out to Dr. Lars Thompson. If you need a vasectomy, he's your man. If you got too many kids already or don't want another unexpected pregnancy, go see Lars, get a snip snip. 30 minutes, you're out the door and you're ready to go. And we're back at the Blue Line Hockey Club podcast with the usual suspects. Patrick, Uncle Lardy Sullivan, our producer. What's up, Pat? Meow. And Robbie <laughs> Peters, our IT guy in the house. What's up, Pete? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, Pete. And we have Derek, our sports guru. He trained, he too. What's up? How we doing, boys? Your host tonight, Mark, the Dr. Morley here. Oh, and we also have... Oh, Doctor, we have a special guest tonight, J.D. Greenway in the house tonight. What's up, J.D.? What's up? What's going on? So we have some exciting news, uh, some breaking news tonight, where uh, Jordan or J.D., how many times are going to do that? <laughs> J.D. from uh, West College and Badgers with us is uh, looking to go play in the USHL this year. So he was picked up by the Chicago Steel in the seventh pick of the first round of the draft. And... Wow. Uh, had a exciting deal with the Dubunk Fighting Saints at Jordan or JD Dubuque 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 Iowa. <laughs> Holy fuck! This is interesting tonight. Whatever so, their names is. Dubuque Fighting Saints. So that's that's pretty cool. Are you excited about this, JD? Uh yeah. I mean, stuff at Wisconsin wasn't really working out for me. I mean, I, I just figured that I should go for a change, and I had this whole plan out to go to Dubuque, and I don't know what happened, really. I guess word just got out, and they figured they could get some, either me or some players, and that's what they, that's what happened. That's great. I see they got uh, four players and a first-round draft pick next year um, from the Chicago Seal to pick you up at, at Dubuque. So this uh, this is some new, exciting, breaking news this will give you the eligibility to go back to college, correct? Yes, it will. Yeah, instead of going to like the O or wherever where I lose eligibility, I'll be able to, you know, burn a year and uh, and uh, Dubuque. Yeah, so give it a year at Dubuque and see how the season goes, and then uh, you'll have the options either going to play back in the NCAA's or or you can also you know move on and go play in the farm team for the NHL. Yeah, that's a, that's what I'm trying to go for. Um, I mean, my experience, like I said, at Wisconsin wasn't that great. And, you know, hopefully another school, it, it could be better if that's the route I have to take. But, you know, this I can use this summer and next year to just, you know, get as good as I can and hopefully, you know, try to work something out with Toronto. Yeah, that's, yeah. 
one of the things with the NCAA now, or, or it has been for a long time, is if you decided to change teams, you have to sit out a season. So this is kind of a way to get around that season of uh, just working out and not playing with a team. So it sounds like a good decision on your part, and I'm sure your advisors have been uh, helping you out with this, this decision as well. So you know, that's pretty exciting. And are you going to be working out in uh, Boston with your brother this summer? Yeah. Um we're we're working out with uh at BU's facilities and then we got skating with um Adam Adam Nichols in uh the local rink and it's been good so far. We've been on the ice uh, about three times and been in the gym four four nights four days a week, so I mean I'm just kinda of taking advantage of this opportunity. Good for you, J D. You know, I I kind of well, I'm obviously a, a big fan and I'm a hundred percent in, you know, your corner. But I, I, I certainly think that you're making a good de- decision by stepping out of the college world and, and just focusing on the hockey and, you know, can get the schooling and set that aside and come back, uh, you know, when you're ready for that. But uh, for you specifically, I think just focusing on the hockey portion and saying, uh, you know, you'll get back to school when you get back to it is probably the best. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. School and having an education is obviously key to just, in, you know, life. But if I'm, if I'm really trying to take hockey seriously, I think I think I can, you know, push push education back a little bit and, and get it when, uh, you know, during like a better time where it's more convenient for uh, for me. Good yeah, buddy. There was, uh, you know, some players just, you know, can't do both, you know. And uh, I think one of your – fellow draft picks, right? Jeremy Bracco did the same thing, right? He left BC playing for the Toronto Marlies. Um, school just wasn't, you know, something for him. I, I don't want to say can't do both, but, um, you know, it's just tough to, I guess, balance hockey and schooling. So uh, I'm with Rob on this. I think it's a good idea. Just uh, you're able to focus on one thing at hand and, Obviously, you got a bright future in hockey, so uh, um, schooling can wait a little bit for that. Just to be clear, you know, it's not that anybody thinks that, well, most people can handle either school or hockey, but it's incredibly difficult to do both. I think it's good to just, no, exactly. I think it's good just to focus on hockey, J.D. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, I mean, I'll still be taking classes throughout the year next year, just – you know, help help it like you know have a have a better track if I if I do decide to go back to school and um so I mean at least at least I just keep keep the brain working and uh, I mean yeah like Brock is a perfect example he's he's at the Marlies now and I mean I just yeah it just didn't work out for him uh, I mean for me leaving the leaving the program going to college it was kind of it was just different like the at the NCP you know it's it's a great place to develop a great place to get better but you know, it, there's not a whole lot of free time where you can go and, you know, mess around and stuff and then being dropped in, into a really, you know, relaxed system in college. You know, there's more opportunities to get distracted from school and hockey. And, I mean, I'm not going to say I got too distracted, but, I mean, that I definitely would say it, had a, it was a factor in, in this whole process of me leaving Wisconsin. Well, we're, we're the epitome of getting distracted, so you don't have to tell us. Yeah, I was no going to say, I, I got a DWI in, at Hofstra and <laughs> got impaled by a fence 
uh, I mean, I was in the hospital. It was just, it was a mess, man. I, I was a mess. So I think you're still doing, you're doing fine. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think. Uh, uh, so I was going to say, GD, listen, all of us have watched you play hockey from the time you were a really little kid. And I don't think anybody here can say that you're not one of the most talented hockey players we've ever seen, honestly. I think when your head's in the game, when you're focused, which I think you will be when you get to go to the USHL just on playing hockey, I think your game's going to shine. I think it's uh, like these guys are saying, I think it's a great idea. And it's not taken away from like going to school or anything like that. But for you personally, I think, I think you really are making the right, right move. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, we'll see where it goes, but I'm nothing but confident, motivated and, you know, ready, ready to, ready to make an impact in Dubuque. Well, I mean, listen, man, your your brother showed that there is a path and there's doors that are getting opened and he's there. He made it. I, I strongly believe that you have a good, solid chance uh, at playing right there with him. Uh, maybe for another team, maybe the same team. But, you know, I think you can be there as well, buddy. I, I think you have every right to be there playing guys that are playing right now. Are. Yeah, yeah and you're, no leaving your op- you're leaving your options open, which uh... – you know, you're not going to be getting paid, so you can still go play in the NCAA, which is, uh, you know, something that you're not taking that away. If you do want to go back to school, if you get approached by a, a university that you think is a good fit for you and a good program that's going to help you get to the next level, you have that option. So, you know, I, I was in uh, the D1 circuit in college, and it's like having a full-time job while you're playing. So, you know, there's a, it's a lot of time management, and it's a good life lesson. But, uh, you know, you have your options are open and, you know, I think you're making the right decision. So I'm going to wish you the best of the luck. J.D., I, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I got a quick question and it's uh, more about hockey. What what kind of uh, what kind of team setting or, or scheme do you fit best in? Is it a, more of a defensive team or would you rather be in an offensive team where you could jump in and be a part of that game? Or what is the system that you would you know, fit best in. I like an offensive system. I think I have a offensive side in my game and, you know, having the, uh, you know, an ability to, to rush a puck or, you know, take it in myself. I think it would be, you know, best in an offensive uh, uh, team, you know, system. Also being a defenseman, like that's my main job, you know, don't let the opposing team get to the net, score a goal or anything. So, I mean, I can, I can, you know, it's a little bit of both. I can lock down D side, but I'm not afraid to, you know, show show what I have in, uh, offensively. Yeah. What was the uh, the Sports Center highlight uh, we saw you on? What was uh, Toronto uh, Prospects, right? Uh, on Sports Center. Yeah, when you were on Sports Center for that goal you scored. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a while ago. <laughs> that was, I was a while that, ago. Like, U18. Yeah, yeah. Might have been at like U18 World. There's no doubt you got the yeah, hands was, to, uh, to feather it in there and, and score some goals too. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be seeing a lot of that next year. You see, uh, some of the best defensemen in the league now have the hands, and you know, you look at uh, Bufflin. He was a forward, power forward. Now he's playing defense. He's always rushing up into the into the offensive end. You also have uh, guys like Carlson for the Sens that uh, are always up into the play that. Are, you know, have that offensive skill set. And, you know, those guys are big assets to their team, being able to play defense in their end, but also being able to give them a little bit of edge to rush the puck up, get into play, score goals, 
and add a little bit more uh, to their offensive end. So, you know, I think that'll fit into your game big time. Yeah, yeah, I like watching like uh, like those two players right there, Bufflin and Carlson. I mean, Bufflin being coming from being a forward, I don't even know when he transitioned into defenseman, but I mean, he when he got traded, he, he traded to uh, Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. So so then like, I mean, I I, I didn't I never really I never knew he was a uh, forward for that long. I thought he was always you know back and forth just because he was a good player, but I mean, he he figured out offense and. Defense came came pretty naturally too, so I don't know. I, I I like watch them. I try to try to pick some things off of them here and there. But Carlson, I mean, these guys are obviously high end players, so yeah, I can't really say I, I try to model my game after Carlson or anything. But definitely definitely guys to look at and you know take some take some things from. Them. Sure, JD. What uh, want to tell us a little? What, how much do you know about Dubuque and where you're going and? Uh... The coaching staff, how do you know much about them? Or yeah, I uh, so we had this like process. I don't even know when it started. It started at the end of our season. I uh, I met with the GM um, and just you know just started a, a quick little relationship. Um, probably took a couple weeks. You know, about a week uh, for them to truly show their you know commitment and dedication to having me and. Uh, I mean, talking to the coaches and stuff, like everyone, everyone's excited, uh, excited to be able to work with me. And obviously with the trade, they just traded. I, I don't know definitely what it was, but they traded a couple of players and, and, and I think a, a, a pick in the upcoming draft. And I mean, it just, that just right there shows how much they, they see in me and, and how much they, they believe that I can help their team. And, you know, with, with this trade, I, I just want to, you know, do everything I can to show them that they made the right decision. Yeah, that's great. Hey, so we had breaking news from J.D. Greenway uh, leaving Wisconsin and going to the USHL to Dubuque uh, fighting Saints. So we wish him the best of luck, and we really appreciate you coming on with us tonight, J.D., and uh, we think you're going to have a bright future. Thank appreciate you. It. Thanks for having me on here. Thanks for coming All on, right, J.D. Good job, buddy. Get back to some yeah, Fortnite. Thank you. Yeah, Fortnite. I'll be doing that. <laughs> Later, buddy. Thank you. Yeah. See you, J.D. Yes. Okay, we're back. We had Jordan Greenway on, uh, future star, we believe, in the NHL. So um, we'll be hopefully watching him in the show soon. JD or Jordan? Jesus, I can't keep those two straight, man. That's like my brother Matt and Mark. I was called Matt my whole life. Now I know what it's like. Well, you did have your nuts cut open tonight, so we'll figure yeah. that. This vasectomy thing is bullshit. It's got my mind all <laughs> fucked. <laughs> You're you're a little twisted up tonight. Literally, so, man. Literally. So we got game seven going on tonight. What's the update on that? Two nothing. Um, three three nothing. We're at three nothing now. Uh, looking like Washington might roll away with this. And I don't know if you guys remember, but I said my pick to get to the cup from the Western. Oh, here Conference. we go. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So the pick I said to get to the West from the Western Conference to get to the cup was Winnipeg. But I told you a couple podcasts ago that. I thought that the stars were aligning that it was going to be a Vegas Capitals final just because it seemed like it seemed like it's been, you know, Washington's been chomping at the bit for years. Vegas is kind of like the Cinderella story and it looks like it's shaping up that way now. I'll have to go back and check the tape. We're have <laughs> to podcast. We got we got a challenge. We're going to we're going to have to challenge this instant <laughs> replay. Instant replay. 
Oh man, we have, have to TV time out here. I think it's going to be great for the sport of hockey if Ovi goes. So I, I'm rooting for Ovi. Just uh, great for the the city of Washington and just hockey in general to have one of their icons going to the uh, Stanley Cup. I mean, how how cool was it to see? I mean, in the beginning of the game, they were showing Ovechkin like, you know, like he does before every game, smelling some uh, smelling salts or whatever he does, you know, and then like steps on the ice and I don't know how far into the game it was not very not very many seconds into the game and he pops a one-timer right from his favorite spot out there and he he was pumped up this this series has been really fun to watch it you know every single game I've watched out of this series is like I don't neither of these teams are favorite teams of mine but I've been glued to the tv through the whole game so it's, it's pretty cool it looks like the uh the hot lap that the coach did before the practice is, is working out for them I don't know if you guys saw that clip but um, the, the coach of the of the Capitals uh, led practice with a hot lap around the rink, which is a tradition that they do after they lose a game when Ovi's been doing it. He's been doing the hot lap for the Capitals the last couple games after they lost. And then uh, yesterday they had a 55-year-old coach sprinting around the ice to start practice. I think that was pretty cool to get the team motivated and to see him out there uh, racing around the rink. That was pretty sweet. Looks like he's a little bit rusty on his skates, but he got her done. Yeah, I think Brown style. I, yeah, Randy Brown style. He was going pretty fast, so he was a little, little a little issue here. A little yeah. shaky at the end. I thought he was going to fucking fall down, but, but it was pretty cool. All the guys were pumped. They were slapping their sticks on the boards and, you know, that was a good confidence booster for them and getting the morale up on that team and, you know they've they've come out to play today three three nothing right now. Um, you know as far as uh, the Vegas series, we've they've been one of the best teams in the league all year. This is this hasn't been a surprise. And you know they came on in the playoffs and they started beating teams. They've been they've been there all year. So um, they they just had to earn the respect. And you know people were saying you know I don't know if they can make it to, you know through the playoffs. I don't have the experience this and that. But they've been winners all year and and they've continued to uh to win mark andre fleury and net who's been phenomenal um first round draft pick i don't know i can't think of any other uh goalie that went first in the draft but you know he there's a reason that he did and that he can still shine as a goalie and uh i don't know if the pens are second guessing that keeping murray over mark andre fleury in the expansion draft uh you know, I don't know. It's a tough call, but they seem to be losing out right now. I mean, I mean, Pittsburgh. When that expansion draft came out, Pittsburgh, you know, had Murray and Mark Andre Fleury, and uh, Murray was their goaltender for the last two Stanley Cups. So they only could protect one person. So it was either Murray or uh, Mark Andre, and um, you know, it would be tough if you know us four owned that team. You know, who would we? Who would we free up? And I, I think, you know, I'd probably take the guy who we won the last two cups with. So um, it was just it was just fortunate for Vegas to be able to uh, pick up, up, you know, he's a top rated goalie, obviously, as you can see. So um, they just got lucky with him and he's carried them quite a bit. I shouldn't say carried them. They got some pretty they got some pretty good forwards that uh, they had a chance to work through a couple trades. But um um, yeah, he's doing great. Vegas is just, it's surreal to um, actually see what they have accomplished. They're the best first year expansion team ever, not just in hockey, 
but in professional sports period and mm. you know what what they're doing might never happen again you know our lifetime well you got to you got to think about it i mean it's probably with probably when it came to murray and flurry i mean i could be wrong about this but just like every professional sport it comes down to money the salary cap and stuff like that so murray might have been the cheaper option right at the time i don't know but uh, that that could have that could have factored into it i don't know yeah, they're probably thinking long term, you know. Yeah. Flurry's a little bit longer in the years, and, you know, it might have been a better decision for the future for them. But you got to give credit to the GM and how he uh, picked up those guys in the draft and how he wheeled and dealed players and made side deals. And, you know, it's all kind of controversy about how he, you know, manipulated the system of the expansion draft to get players. And uh, now other teams are, are you know, talking about when Seattle comes in that they're not going to, you know, make deals prior to the draft to give up more players if they, if he doesn't select certain guys. And, you know, he was really smart about picking that team and you got to give him a lot of credit. You know, he was, uh, he was brilliant. I mean, they were, they were saying, you know, the last expansion team, well, teams, the last time they had a expansion team in 2000 was when, the Minnesota Wild and the Columbus Blue Jackets came into the league. So there was two teams that got to pick from play all the existing teams. Um, and this year, or last year, it was just Vegas. So Vegas had kind of a advantage, a leg up on the last expansion team. And, uh, you know, like I said, they didn't have to compete with other teams. And then in 2004-2005 lockout, um, the salary cap was increased uh, significantly. So they were able to actually use that salary cap to get some Marc-Andre Fleury's, to get some of these top guys. I mean, I think they did a deal with Minnesota where they uh, um, they didn't want to – Minnesota was really talented defensive-wise, and they wanted to protect those defensemen, so they traded – um alex tuck who's been awesome for vegas um they just sure. they pretty much yeah. yeah they yeah from syracuse they pretty much just minnesota gave tuck to vegas saying don't touch our defensive players and then on top of that they took that uh eric Halla, a winger who wasn't doing too well but now he's just um you know just ripping it up for minnesota so I mean, they were pretty smart on how they did it, but they did have a a, a leg up on uh, most uh, expansion teams. Um, they were just it was just a lot friendlier for Vegas, and uh, that's why we're, they are where they are. But it does you do got to give props to the coach and the GM. Yeah, Tuck has actually been helping out a lot with the Syracuse Stars. My my little cousin, he's like uh, he's got to be maybe ten. And he comes back every year and he works out with a, uh, or he helps out with the Syracuse Stars program from the little guys. And he's actually, uh, you know, my my uncle is actually good friends with that whole family now because he gives back and he comes to Syracuse and, uh, you know, pretty cool, pretty cool guy, I guess, stand up guy, comes back to his community, helps out with the youth programs and all that good stuff. So, you know, props to him as well. I think what you're seeing, you're seeing in league too, like, a lot of teams, it's kind of like what you're seeing in the NFL now. A lot of teams are going, you see it with the New York Rangers, kind of selling off like some of their players, you know, and going young. Vegas Knights, I think their average age is like 26, 27 years old for their players. 
you know, it's it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of happening across the board in sports where it used to be like you waited for players to come in, develop, you, you know, you kind of entrusted in veterans. It's kind of going to the opposite side of that. You, you're starting to see young guys come in, get an opportunities early and GMs build squads around really young players uh, that have a lot of potential and a lot of talent. Speaking of the, well, uh, for sure. the New York Rangers, the new head coach was announced today. No doubt. They- Big news in the BU world, for, for sure. David Quinn, head coach of the New York Rangers. I guess they've been in talks for a while, and Quinn interviewed with a, a bunch of NHL teams, but uh, I think New York, I think Mark said a couple podcasts ago, he had some uh, ties or connections to New York. So I think they, they got him for, what, uh, five years, $12 million? Yeah, so something like that, yeah. That's a big I'm sure step. That's more than BU is playing. Yeah, but uh, what do you guys think? It's kind of a risk. I mean, he he was pretty settled, comfortable in BU. He was going to be there the rest of his life, uh, probably making a quarter of a million dollars a year. You know, getting top-notch players. It's not like he had to uh, go out of his way to recruit players. I mean, they just pretty much fall in his lap. So. Um, it's tough. I mean, he could go to the Rangers and be uh, tossed out after a year or so, and then he's looking for a job. So it's a risk, but everyone wants to move up the corporate ladder. So uh, any of us four would do it. So it's good for yeah. him. Yeah, if you're in you, his shoes and you, you got a chance to go to the show, you know, I mean, going to one of the marquee teams in the sport, you know, the biggest, <laughs> the biggest city in the league. So, you know, the biggest stage, biggest city, uh, most pressure, Definitely, you know the New York Post is going to be on him like, like flies on shit the whole time. If they're not winning, you know he'll have a lot more pressure. There's a lot more pressure to win. You know the college teams, you got to win, but you're not getting fired if you have a losing season. You know it's like you look at some of these college teams. Their coaches have been there forever, even though they haven't had a winning season in like ten years. But you know you do that in the NHL, you're gone. You know you got to win. It's, it's almost it's almost marky. It's like it's almost like the Rangers GM kind of had this plan a while ago, like when he started selling off the, you know, the veterans of that team, because when you're looking at Dan Quinn, obviously he's he's familiar with young guys. He's familiar with the college game. And that's exactly what the Rangers did this season. They got rid of all their veterans. They just brought in a huge youthful squad, basically. And, and, you know, that's his M.O. I mean, he knows the college game, and he's going to be coaching a lot of young guys. So it, it might fit him perfectly, actually. Yeah, it'll be interesting Interesting to see what happens to BU, who comes in. I don't think they named a coach yet, but uh, how many guys stay at BU, how many guys decide to leave. You know, we saw this at uh, St. Lawrence University when Greg Carville left, that a lot of the incoming recruits, um, they decided to release them. They went to other schools. So, you know, see what happens with BU and see how many guys stay committed to BU and how many guys go elsewhere. Yeah. And I mean, the the Rangers had a, a lot of options. I mean, they had Bill Peters, Daryl Sutter, uh, Dave Tippett, Dan Balsma, um, the AHL Marlies coach, uh, Sheldon Keith. They didn't speak to any of those guys. Actually the Washington coach uh, who's playing tonight, Barry Trotz, his contract, his contract uh, expires after this year. So they had a chance to grab some of these, you know, veteran NHL coaches. And uh, like Derek was saying, decided to go with Quinn just because, you know, he he uh, has worked with young kids, um, young talent, um, which the Rangers, you know, 
kind of did a big overhaul and have just young players hoping they can build off that franchise and uh we'll see what happens and see if he can put everything together i i you know i was kind of thinking today when you know it comes to it comes to all this i mean it's pretty much luck uh i mean look at george mcphee the uh, general manager of the vegas knights uh the head coach uh the vegas knights and then quinn a little luck comes into play too i mean it's pretty tough to uh put you behind the bench with all these uh talented nhl players and um you know it's all it's about luck putting the chemistry together you got to put the chemistry players together to produce and if it doesn't happen you get fired and if if you get lucky and you do well like george mcphee this year for the vegas knights and i mean george mcphee now that what he's done in vegas he's going to be a hockey staple for the next 10 15 years just what he accomplished this year so hopefully david quinn has a little bit of luck and uh can put the rangers into the playoffs he's got he does and you know him and jeff gorton are going to be tied together i mean that's uh this is his pick as his coach he's handpicked he's uh obviously sought him out for a while and uh the two of them will sink or swim together that's how it is yeah, he, he's got a young team that maybe they think he's going to build this team into, a, you know, a Stanley Cup championship team. But, you know, it's not going to be coming into, a, you know, a Pittsburgh Penguin team or a Capitals team. I mean, the Rangers have some work to do. They, they got rid of a lot of guys. They've been getting rid of a lot of guys. So look at the Tampa Bay team, you know, name name the players. Callahan's down there now, McDonough. I mean, the list goes on. So. You know they got a they got a building couple of years ahead of them, and he was able to build teams at BU, and you know that's probably a part of the decision there. He's been a winner, he's a motivator, he gets these young guys ready to play, and they win games. So we'll see what happens. As, as a Rangers fan, personally, I'm very excited. I, I think it's a good hire, and I think it's uh, I think it'll work out well in the end. And we might see uh, some BU players ending up over at uh, MSG. Jordy, never know. McAvoy, Keller, all those boys. Their contract, McAvoy's contract, to be up after this year. Keller has another year. Greenway has another two years. Never know. Pull those guys together. I mean, and I'm not knocking Quinn. Uh, I mean, he's great coach, great influence on the uh, BU players, but. He wasn't able to accomplish too much with the uh, uh, the players he was dealt with uh, at BU. He only won in the last five years. He's won two hockey East. I guess I guess I shouldn't say he hasn't done too much. He won two hockey East in the last two five in the last five years, two hockey East and uh, two bean pots, and got the team to the uh, national championship with Jack Eichel. So uh, I guess he's got a pretty good resume. Um, I guess I'm just uh, – I've been watching them under a microscope the last three years, so. A little too close, yeah. So, we shall see, right, buddy? We shall see. Yeah. So we had, uh, had some news in uh, the NFL. The uh, Carolina Panthers were bought this week for, I think, $2.2 billion. That's it. And That's it. $2.2 2 yeah. And uh, Richardson, I think his name was, he was the prior owner. He paid yep. uh, two hundred million in two thousand two or four or whenever he got into the league. Oh, so yeah. 
200 million. Is so that that's called, a, is that called a good return on investment or two billion dollars. Yeah. Holy shit, man. I would say that's a good return. A big controversy. The uh, NFL announced today, Roger Goodell, that uh, players cannot kneel on the field during the national anthem. If they plan on kneeling, they have to stay in the locker room and uh, kind of promote what they're doing that way instead of uh, disrespecting the flag, which is good, I think. I guess I can go both ways. I'm a, like you a, always do. a Libby snowflake, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know they can't they can get their they still can get their word across i mean no matter what they do if, the, if a couple of the star players decide to stay in the locker room and not come out with the national anthem everyone's gonna call them assholes and um rip them right apart but the big picture is that they're doing it for a reason for something either you know an unarmed guy got shot or something there's more to the story than the you know not standing for the american flag and it's a good debate i mean i'm sure some of you guys think they should stay out there and stand i'm i, I kind of think they should go out there they're in america making millions of dollars but on the other hand they're on this stage and they're trying to get a word across or a message across i guess and uh so yeah one of my points is uh if you watch a hockey game nhl hockey game and especially in Canada, which is a very liberal country, they don't even sing the whole national anthem, the person singing the national anthem. They sing like the first quarter of it. They put the microphone up to the uh, fans. The fans finish the song. Everybody's singing the song. Everybody's standing. You know, I don't understand why in America we can't support our country like they do in Canada. I mean, most of the, the USA teams in the NHL don't have an issue with it either but i'm just saying if you watch the the canada national anthem when that happens i mean it there's some patriotic people in canada i mean it's it's the flag first it's a country first all social and and political issues are never brought to their sporting events you know i really like that that about canada their pride for their country i mean they put that flag on everything if you see their beer cans have a fucking maple leaf on it Every product they make, they put their flag on it, their maple leaf on it. You know, they really have a lot of um, patriotism. And, you know, I think we can learn a little bit from, from Canada on that. No doubt. No doubt. I think I, I think a lot. Of, I mean, if you look at the vast majority, this is this is kind of like one of those situations where, like, you know how, like, we, we basically can't really trust our media anymore. We, we really can't, I, in my opinion. And this is like a situation that's like massively overblown because like a vast majority of the NFL and the NFL players are standing for the anthem. So, I mean, it's, you know, this is like a microcosm within that sport and you can see both sides. I think, I think what, I think what the people that don't like this are arguing is it's not the right stage. You know, you got veterans sitting on the field, holding the flags, you know, you, you know what, if you, if you, if you feel there's injustice in the world, go out, in a different situation, you know, put your money towards the cause, put your heart towards a different cause. Uh, don't, don't do it on national television in front of people that are, you know, have a lot of problems in their life, a lot of situations in their life where they're going one place on Sunday to get peace of mind. You know what I mean? They want to, they want to sit there and watch a football game. They don't want to have a political, uh, you know, some kind of political uh, show going on in front of their face on Sunday morning when, they're just trying to watch a football game. So I get it, though, because then you'll hear somebody say, well, listen, 
What about the guys that are, uh, you know, buying an $8, $10 beer in, in, in the stadium while the, while the anthem's being played, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, then you're complaining about guys kneeling, but it's, it's, you know, the guys kneeling are the, are the, are in the limelight, you know what I mean? So they're, it's, it's a completely different situation. I think, I think they're right in a way, you know, the NFL is coming after the fact they're trying to cover tail because there's, there's a lot of money involved there's, and that's the bottom line. But uh, I, I think, I think it's the right thing to do. I think, you know, you got to stand for your flag. If you don't like it, stay in the locker room. It's just not the right, uh, it's not the right platform. It's, it's not good business-wise. Like you said, there's money involved. So if, if the NFL comes out and supports kneeling for the flag, right, and that's a more liberal stance or whatever it is, you're segregating all those fans. And uh, I know a lot of business owners in, in a small business atmosphere who don't like to come out and say their political affiliation because they don't want people to not buy their product, whether it's uh, a restaurant or you know a beer distributor or whoever it is. They keep their political comments to themselves. They don't put it on social media. They don't go out and, and say stuff in the papers because they want every customer. They don't want just Republicans or just Democrats or just liberals or conservatives. And so, you know, when you start segregating those groups, you lose a lot of dollars. So, I mean, I think it's a, a you know good way for the NFL to get the ratings back, which were way down last season. And, uh, you know, they have to make a business decision to try to get as many fans as possible to keep the league prosperous. And, you know, that's what it comes down. It comes down to money. It always does in, in sports now. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it was. They said in the NFL, a couple of the ESPN Sports Center announcers that uh, it comes down to commercials, buying tickets, losing, uh, you know, season ticket holders. That's what it's coming down to. And unfortunately, you're right, Mark. Everything's coming down to, uh, you know, we're so we're so separated politically in the world that we're talking about it on a fucking hockey podcast. And unfortunately, that's what it's come down to. Yeah, I think Hollywood's starting to see it, too, because Hollywood is, uh, you know, far left and they really support everything on the left. And, you know, you're segregating all those people on the right from watching those movies. So eventually you're going to want to get that customer base back. So they think they would just tone it down and not have any response to the shit. You know, since our new administration has come in, everything is, is uh, you know, heightened and everything's news now where. Four years ago, who the fuck paid attention to any of this shit? You know, now everybody's listening to every little thing. So, so we got a uh, Washington's up three nothing third period, twelve minutes to go. Looks like Washington's moving on to the Stanley Cup versus uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Which when does that start? It starts soon, right? It'll probably start in a couple of days. I probably have two two days off. I would think. Yeah, I you know, think Vegas, it's Vegas is already ready to go, but. I'm sure they'll get a day or two off at least. Yeah, I think it starts uh, Monday maybe or Wednesday. In other words, you don't know. Um, in other words, I don't really know. <laughs> it's going we'll to come out after this game. We'll get, it's already set. It's already in. Uh, it's already penciled in. I just can't remember when it is. Maybe we'll get Rob on that. Is Rob still here? I'm here. Keep oh, there you go. Keep your head up. Yep. Yeah, so we will, our next podcast, we'll be talking about the Stanley Cup finals. Um, you know, that commercial on TV right now where it has 
all the guys and listen to their last names, you know, H-U-L-L, and then have Gretzky, and have all those famous people that have their name on the cup. Yeah. And it just gives me goosebumps when I see that commercial, all those great players. That one. Yeah, so it's it's exciting time of year. Let's see who's going to drink out of the cup. I mean, there's going to be, uh, what, 25 guys that are going to have the best time of their life here in the next week and a half. Um, they win the Stanley Cup. They're going to get their names on the cup. And, uh, you know, that's a memory that they'll have for the rest of their life and, you know, something that it can't be taken away from them no matter what happens for the rest of their life. So exciting times for the hockey world. And uh, we will be back with a guest next week at the Blue Line Hockey Club. Until then, get your messages to us on Facebook and Twitter. Let us know what you want to hear, who you want to hear from, and we'll get them right back on the next podcast. Until next time, keep your stick on the ice. Meow. See ya. See ya.